Welcome to the Send and Grow podcast. I'm your host, Louis Nichols. In my day job at Sparkloop, I spend all my time helping the best newsletter operators and media brands in the world to grow their audiences. So I get to see firsthand what growth tactics, strategies, and channels actually work, which ones you should copy, and what mistakes you should avoid. And now, with this podcast, you get that access too. Every week, I sit down with a different guest, from industry experts to successful operators, and we go deep on the stuff that you need to know so you can become really effective at growing and monetizing your email audience. Today, I'm joined on the podcast by Justin Moore. Justin runs the Creator Wizard newsletter, where he's the expert's expert on how to earn more from brand deals as a creator. Justin, thanks so much for joining us today. Let's give people an idea of the Creator Wizard newsletter. Like, who is it for? Why are they reading? The Creator Wizard newsletter is for creators who are looking to learn how to work with brands, work with partners, and how to charge their worth. I think one of the the biggest challenges that I have found with creators of all shapes and sizes, different platforms, is that it's it's very difficult to ascertain your value when you are engaging with partners and companies and you know, especially like the first like experience that most creators have, regardless of whether you're on social platforms or if you have a podcast or newsletter or whatever, it's almost always an inbound inquiry. It's like some brand or some SaaS platform or some food brand or whatever type of creator you are, they're saying, hey, how much to like post about us basically, right? How much to integrate us into your content? And at least in my experience, most creators, they are not either have never had experience doing that or figuring out how much to charge for something like that. And, and in addition to that, it's almost never them reaching out to the brand, right? Sometimes it is, but most of the time it's not like, oh, I'm going to go out and re- try and pitch these like 10 brands. It's more like, I'm just going to make this content better. I'm going to make my newsletters better. It's like the craft comes before the business most of the time I've found, right? And so the reason why I decided to start the Creator Wizard newsletter is to not only educate folks around how to do this, how to interact with sponsors. And so there's a lot of mindset topics related to pitching brands and negotiating and all that stuff. But also, like, I actually share paid sponsorship opportunities in the emails as well, because that was the other frustration is that there's all these disparate sources where whether it's a platform, you know, where you can like connect brands and creators, or it's like, you know, there's there's so many different ways, like sources, and it's very overwhelming, I have found as creators. And so that was what I sought to do was to curate opportunities that I, you know, have sourced through kind of just being in this industry for over a decade, and just kind of adding those into the newsletter. So so it's become this, uh, it, it didn't start as that, I'll say, but it, it very much has morphed into this very comprehensive newsletter targeted at help helping creators get paid sponsorships. I love that. And we're going to talk a bit more about the, the sponsorship side, hopefully in a couple of minutes. But to begin with, what I want to focus on is, I guess, the journey of how the Creator Wizard News that I got to where it is today. So maybe we should start at the end. Maybe we can talk quickly about, you know, how many subscribers you have at the moment, if you can share maybe revenue numbers or anything like that. Just give us a sense of the the size, the format, how often is this going out weekly, that kind of thing. And then let's go back to the beginning and talk about how it got from where it was to, to where it is today. Okay, so I actually did break 11,000 creators on my newsletter like last week. And then I did as any good newsletter operator should do. And I pruned almost a thousand cold subs 
off of my list and it made me shed a tear, but I did it. So now I'm at about 10,500 creators roughly. And it's experienced some really pretty significant growth because on I looked in January 1st of 2022, I had 1,800 people on the list. So it's almost 5X or over 5X in less than a year. Or so yeah, it, like really significant at least for me. <laughs> I know other people have like grown grown quicker than that, obviously. But but for me, at least uh, someone who had never really had a newsletter. I mean, we, we, we dabbled, my wife and I have dabbled in that in the past, but really like having a concerted effort. I'm going to email every week, like saying growing my newsletter is going to be like a major part of my business. For me, I was like pretty pleased with, with the growth and, and the trajectory and all that stuff. So the cadence is three times a week actually now. So it's it, basically the format is mindset Mondays. So that is, as I mentioned, kind of a think piece around negotiating or pitching or pricing or something like that. There's take action Thursdays, which is the sponsorship digest where I'm sharing, you know, paid sponsorship opportunities, and then strategy Saturdays, which is an evergreen nurture sequence that is basically pulling from the archive of my YouTube videos and podcast appearances and past mindset Mondays that I had done in the past that I basically add to the end of the nurture sequence. And so yeah, so if a new person who is joining my list today will, will hear from me three times a week. Amazing. Awesome. And when it comes to the revenue side of things, how are you monetizing the newsletter? Can you have a rough breakdown of those revenue streams, what that looks like? Sure. So um, my main monetization mechanism is on the back end with courses and coaching. So I am a sponsorship coach. And so my offer ladder looks a- as follows. So my intro, at least in its current state, it might change by the time you hear this. I don't know. I, I'm like changing things all, all the time lately. But my, my intro offer essentially is an on-demand course called Gifted to Paid. And that helps creators who are at the outset of their creator journey. Maybe you're a newsletter operator who's just kind of starting out and maybe you do get an increase saying, hey, we'll give you free access to our SaaS tool for a year if you talk about us in your newsletter. For that, That's a form that it could take, right? And the course is all around how do you transition those free product or free services conversations into paid compensation, basically, right? And so it's an on-demand course. It's $500 at least right now. And so that's offer one number one. The next up on the ladder is my one-on-one coaching, which is $1,000 an hour. So this is where someone basically hires me for an hour on Zoom to talk about either a negotiation that they're currently working on that they need help with. Like, okay, this brand came to me, they're asking for me all these packages, pricing, all this stuff, and I don't know what the heck I'm doing. And so that's that's the next offer. And then up from there is my cohort course, which is Brand Deal Wizard. And that's a four-week program that I teach live three times a year. And then the back end, which is relatively new, is I have an ongoing asynchronous coaching membership now, essentially, where alumni of my courses or past one-on-one coaching clients can and a higher art me and not just me now also other coaches on my team to help them with their ongoing negotiations and things like that so so that's essentially the offer ladder and so my newsletter drive is like i look at my newsletter as the kind of the primary engine of monetization for for all of these other offers that i eventually pitch down the line amazing can you share lifetime value per subscriber or revenue per subscriber oh my god why do you couldn't you have told me this ahead of time i don't have the number in front of me i don't really know i know candidly i suck at this like (laughs) i i know my rps like i can look in convert kit right now and i could tell you what it is i know that's not my ltv but like currently let me refresh this currently it's sitting at about 31 dollars rps which is okay i mean it's not terrible but it's like it's been high it's funny because like i have these injections of capital so like that rps will grow, go up like significantly in like a month when my enrollment for my course opens obviously so it's like it's kind of lumpy in that regard but one of the reasons why it's been challenging for me to dial in ltv is i, n- I didn't have a back-end offer for a long time and so now that i do i think that number is going to change a lot so i don't know maybe get back to me on that <laughs> 
Yeah, no, sure. I mean, the reason I ask is because I remember you sharing on Twitter that you had a, a revenue per subscriber of $31, which is is very impressive to put that in context because it's something people ask me all the time. Like $31 is pretty much ballpark, like low to mid end of where you would expect someone with this kind of multi-level services plus consulting plus courses offering to be, right? It's It's mid to low on that scale, but that's not assuming that you're growing as quickly as you are. Because most people, they have a much more steady growth where they, you know, if they have 5,000 subscribers, they added 50 last month or 100. They're not adding 1,000 a month like mm. you are at the moment. So when I say 30 is like mid to low, I think your lifetime value per subscriber must be very good, basically, right? It must be oh. significantly <laughs> higher than that. I would imagine $100 or more for sure. Hopefully, I mean, I I just looked at, I refreshed my ConvertKit dashboard right now and I, I passed 30 days, I had 1755 subscribers in the past 30 days. So like that's, wow. I didn't realize that actually the last time I looked, it was like a thousand. So boom, you're good luck here, I guess. I don't know. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I look at their trajectory, things are, you know, the hockey stick is looking good and everything, but it wasn't always that. I'm sure we'll get to this, but it was not always like that. Yeah. I mean, we are going to get to that because it's going to be my, ne- my, it was going to be my next question, but I'm going to completely derail us because <laughs> probably not very useful to anyone listening. But I'm just super interested in this. These async coaching conversations, these async coaching offers that you have. Okay. I've wanted to do something like this for ages. I've never really seen anyone doing it. And then I saw your tweet about it. I saw that is exactly what I was thinking of doing. How is that going for you? Like, how are you finding the experience? How are customers finding that? Can you just maybe quickly explain a little bit more about what that actually is for someone who hasn't seen that live, I guess. Sure. Yeah. So it's it's relatively recent. I think I launched it maybe like six weeks ago or maybe two months ago or something. And basically what the offer is, is the investment is $1,000 a month. So remember how I mentioned my one-on-one coaching is like $1,000 an hour. This is $1,000 a month. And it's basically every Tuesday and Thursday morning for a couple of hours, you can send us messages. You can send us async video, audio recordings, screen shares, looms, you know, like audio notes, whatever. And we will essentially... Uh, you know, for back and forth during that time period, answer your questions. And so this was my thesis was that, so a couple of, let, let's talk about how, w- actually what failed first, because I think that that's interesting is I tried to launch a membership, man, like multiple times, actually, after my course, I was like, okay, let's, so the first iteration of it was like, let's do a, a membership, which is a little bit more kind of like group coaching focused, where now that you've learned all about sponsorships going through my course, I'm going to help you create a diversified creator business. I'm going to help you with your email list growth, your physical product businesses, you know, Patreon, direct fan funding, you know, affiliate marketing, whatever. Like I'm going to help you build this whole thing out, which is, you know, I I love talking about that stuff, right? Like I, I totally nerd out on that stuff. And I basically said, okay, I have to get at least five alumni to sign up for this just because it was going to be a lot of work, like, you know, weekly sessions and like guest speakers and like all this stuff. It was going to be a lift, right? And so I said, okay, almost like Kickstarter model, like five people got to do it before I do it, before I actually do this, right? And I didn't have enough. I didn't have five people sign up. I had a cup. I had I had one actually, one out of the five. I'm, I'm dude. I'm so transparent about this stuff. So basically, to me, that was a uh, that was a, a signal. Like, okay, people don't want, really want group coaching. Like that. Like maybe a few people, but like not really. And so didn't launch it. Refunded that person. And then went back to the drawing board. And I, so I got the next time I tried to launch it, I got feedback from the alumni who were kind of at the tail end of the course being completed. And basically the the message was like, we just need ongoing help. Like, like we're getting inbound offers. We're getting inquiries all the time. And I don't want to have a manager. They said, I don't want to have someone taking 20% 
of every deal. I'm okay getting on the on a call with a brand or doing an email thread with a brand. I just need someone to ask, like, what do I say in response to this brand? And so my thesis was that there is the, there is a a gap in the market between having no one <laughs> to help you and having a fully fledged manager who's doing all this stuff for you and you're paying them a pretty penny. And then in this middle here, there's like nothing in the middle. That doesn't seem right. And so my my offer is basically I'm right in the middle there. I'm a coach in your pocket. You pay us 12K for the year. Or, I mean, it's actually, there's no commitment. It's like cancel anytime, right? So it's $1,000 a month, cancel anytime. And there's like an offer there. So you can imagine like a creator who's making, you know, six figures or even less. I mean, you know, maybe, you know, a significant amount paying 12K to someone like our team to like be your 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 backstop makes a lot of sense, I think. And, and to be fair, like the people who have ultimately ended up joining, they're, they're they have a significant business working with brands and sponsorships. So 12K to them is nothing, basically. Uh, it's not nothing. I don't want to trivialize it. It is an investment, obviously, but but rel- on the grand scheme of things, right? The thing that's also really exciting to me about the, the format of the offer is that it does. it's not just me now. You know, I have other coaches on my team. I, cu- I could see how like a handful now turns into 50 or 100 people in this program in, a, in five years or three years or I don't know, 12 months, whatever. I, I honestly, I, I, at this point, it's, Interestingly, dude, one of the biggest insights of, of launching this is that I I feel like this actually might become the primary offer eventually. The course becomes almost like the intro. It's like, that's like the first step. It's like you take the course, you get all the foundational knowledge, the baseline, all that stuff. And then now it's ongoing coaching and we're just going to continue to help you. So that I've been moving towards that direction that, that perhaps like that is what my business ultimately becomes. But I don't know, man, we'll see, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm super bullish on it. I, I think it's amazing. There has been such a need for that. And I've noticed that I occasionally, very occasionally, have done a little bit of like news general newsletter consulting, newsletter growth consulting. I get asked all the time because of Sparkleap and demo calls and stuff, and there aren't too many people who do it. So I get all these requests. And I always have to say, look, I don't have time basically to do this, right? Like I can't take an hour out of my day on a weekly or a monthly schedule just to like help you. And to be perfectly honest, like nine times out of 10, they don't need an hour of my time. They need five minutes with me to like figure out what the question is. Then I sit there and watch them try and get me this data. And then we spend 10 minutes talking about it. Or I spend 10 minutes thinking and then five minutes talking about it. That was the other big insight was that I was getting locked up on all these one hour long Zoom calls when I would do one-on-one coaching for something that could have been done in 20 minutes. And I, and I was like, there's got this, this can't be, I'm not like this, this has got to be a better way. Right. And so the asynchronous model I think is, and, and especially, I think the most important thing about it is bounding it. It had, there has to be guardrails. It can't just be, Oh, like ping me, whatever. Cause it's like, that's not going to work. Right. You got to say, you got to say, here are the guardrails. It's these two days, these, these hours, like whatever. Also on the other side, you have to be very disciplined about setting the precedent too. So you can't answer on days that you said you weren't going to, because then the people aren't, won't believe you. So you have to like actually be disciplined about it too. Oh yeah, I I know the feeling. Awesome, <laughs> and I'm super excited for that as like a revenue model, but also as like just a way of helping people. I think it's a really interesting one um, that we're going to see a lot more of. Let's come back to the newsletter stuff though. So let's do a real quick run through of like how you got from, I guess the first time you considered the newsletter as a newsletter rather than just some people on an email list somewhere inside of an ESP. How do you get from there to where we are today? Give us the kind of the brief rundown. And then I want to talk about how you do it differently if you were to sort of go back and do it knowing what you know now. So let me 
share a quick anecdote of my first experience with growing an email list many years ago, probably nine years ago now, eight or nine years ago. So my wife and I have been on YouTube in particular since 2009, and we grew up a, a, a pretty significant audience on there. That was kind of our first foray into, into social media. And we, once upon a time, tried to launch a paid membership program way back in the day. And, and, and prior to the to the paid membership, basically the team that we were working with, it was like a, a company that had come in to try to like partner with us, you know, was banging the drum of like, you got to have an email list. This is going to be a big part of the launch and all this stuff too. And so we were like, okay, we had no idea what we were doing, right? And so basically what we did is we made some exclusive content. We said, hey, in one of our YouTube videos, if you want to see this thing we made, sign up for the newsletter or sign up for the email list or whatever, right? And, and no joke, dude, we very easily got like 30,000 people on the list. Like it was nuts. Like it was crazy wow. how, how easy it felt to like get that scale of people on the email list. And, you know, for I'll, I'll save the story because the paid membership ultimately didn't work out. We never ended up, you know, sending regular emails to that list, you know, here and there we did. But it was something we basically just let ice for years. Right. And when we finally said, oh, let's actually like let's start sending emails again. You know, that, that's a good thing to do. Let's like open a convert kit account for, for my wife and all that stuff, too. Took that 30K list, ran a re-engagement campaign. So out of the saying, hey, haven't heard from us in a while. Do you still want to like hear from us of the 30,000? 1000 opted in. <laughs> and so it was this huge like reduction of like, and, and it was in that to me, when we did that, I looked at that and I was just, not only was I shocked, I was just horrified because it was like, what if we would have continued the cadence all these years and building that and all this, so what, what would this asset that we would have had? And so once I saw that that happened at the outset, when I started the, the creator wizard newsletter, I was like, I'm not going to make that mistake again. I am going to nurture these people. I'm, they're going to hear from me regularly. I'm not going to give up. In the beginning, in fact, this is actually, a, I think, an interesting insight, was, which is that I didn't have, you could not pay me in any way when I started the newsletter. I didn't have coaching. I didn't have a course. I didn't have anything. And so I knew down the line that I was going to monetize the newsletter on the back end with these other types of things. But I very purposefully said, you know what? I'm not going to do that right away. I'm going to build the no like, and trust factor. I'm going to make a really, really compelling, you know, newsletter that people find get value from. They tell their friends about it, yada, yada, right? Didn't have sponsorship, didn't have anything. And so in the beginning, I, I had hired actually someone to help me be regular about it to kind of curate the newsletter because it's, it's actually a lot of work. Like I wasn't, you know, I was doing once a week for a long time. So, you know, the, I was just kind of curating the, the opportunities actually, okay, I'm going on all these different paths, but I think it's, it's actually illustrative. Initially it was not paid sponsorships, man. I was not sharing that. It was my moniker on social media was like the business of being a creator. So I had all these lead magnets. I had like a money management checklist and an influencer marketing terminology checklist and like all these different things. I was doing all these videos and like growth was just like, it was, this was growth. That was, I, I didn't, you didn't know I had sound effects, but that was growth. Okay. For me, it was not, it was not anything to call home about. Okay. And, and so it wasn't until I had this, this, epiphany that like, wow, I'm getting all these paid sponsorship opportunities sent to my wife and I personally, and we're not actually re responding to these because they're at a compensation threshold that we just wouldn't entertain at this point in our creator journey. But 500 bucks, 200 bucks, thousand bucks, that's like super meaningful to a lot of creators, a lot of people. And so I started 
surfacing those in the newsletter and people just went crazy. They were like, what is this? Are you actually sending me paid sponsorship opportunities? And so I literally took a hard pivot. I got rid of all the lead magnets. I said, no, I'm not sending you any stupid checklists anymore. I am just going to send you paid sponsorship opportunities. You want to sign up or not, basically, right? And and that that was an, a big inflection point for me. And so I started, to, it just started curating this. It started getting higher quality. I started paying someone to help me curate it thousands of dollars a month to like help me with all this stuff because it was a lot of work. And so I just had the conviction, I think, that, hey, eventually I'm going to monetize this down the line, but that time is not now. Amazing. So what were the growth levels like? If, if you kind of visualize the subscriber growth on a, in a chart over time, like where are the inflection points and what, what were the big things that happened there to, let's say, unlock faster growth or slow things down? So, yeah, I mean, if you looked at like, if you looked at the kind of the, tr- the convert kit chart or whatever, you know, and you see these like, these little blips along, along the total subscriber thing, I've seen a lot of people's things where it's like, there's like a cliff, right? It's like, all of a sudden it's like this huge, you know, a ton of people. That's never been my journey. I've had little blips here and there. And, and to be honest, I did not expect that. I thought it was gonna be like, oh, I'm, I was on the like smart passive income podcast. I'm gonna get 5,000 people to sign up. Oh, I was on the, you know, this huge YouTube channel, shout out or whatever. And I get this huge inflection point. I, I did get jumps. But it wasn't like 50% or something. It wasn't anything crazy. And so I honestly attribute my growth to just like showing up every week, right? Just like consistently publishing. If I said I was going to send it on every Thursday, I sent it every Thursday at 7 a.m., right? And so I know that that's like a very unsexy answer, but at least for me, my growth has been very like slow and steady and I just kept doing it and people kept referring me. Oh, join the creator was a newsletter. It's really great. There's nothing really else out there like this. And so the growth, I, I have tried a lot of different types of growth levers. I basically said yes to every interview opportunity, every podcast, every live stream. Like I, I, do, I did all those things, you know, I, you know, so, but I, I, I do have, I can get into the tactics for sure, but I wanted to start this conversation by saying that like, there is something to this whole like regularity thing, you know, that just like continuing to show up for like years, that does move the needle for sure. Yeah, no, no. That's something that everybody echoes. Everybody comes in and says, you know, the quality has got to be really good and the consistency has got to be really high. And then everything else, it's important, but you can't kind of do anything without those, those two. But no, no one wants to actually be patient. That's the problem is like, I, I have like, everyone says this, like, oh, I know conventional wisdom, yada, yada, but like, really? what podcast should I go on? Or like, which like newsletter should I sponsor? And I'm just like, dude, <laughs> you know, it's not like, trust me, it, it, you have to have a long-term mindset with this stuff or else you're going to go nuts. If you're like refreshing your ConvertKit dashboard every single day, like it, that's not the, like, like you saw, like I literally just went in and saw 1700 people in the last 30 days. That's awesome. I had no idea. The last time I looked at it was like a couple weeks ago. Right. So it's like, I don't know, maybe as like a, the, a good newsletter operator would be more like attuned to the metrics and all this stuff. But like, I don't know. I, I feel like, again, it has to be going to first principles. The content has to be good. The promise of the of the of the of the newsletter has to be good. If people have to want to actually regularly open it and engage with the email, like that's what it starts with, you know. Yeah, for sure. But at the same time, like you just said before, January twenty twenty two, a year ago from today, you had eighteen hundred subscribers. Yep. In the last thirty days, you've added what do you say, 1,700 and something, basically the same amount, almost exactly the same amount. Yeah. That's a big change. Well, I did get new teeth, my porcelain veneers, like at my first front four teeth. So maybe people started seeing me in the content and they're like, that dude is super handsome. I'm going to sign up for his newsletter. That's very possible. 
I mean, I, I can see that. It's not a tactic I've written about at length, but I will include it. I need to do a, a Twitter thread about this. Here is my <laughs> one-step strategy to grow your newsletter. No, but but honestly, sorry, I, I'm like very unserious about this stuff. But okay, <laughs> the, the 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 real answer, dude, is like, I, and I hope you pay me for this later. Is like Sparkloop played a big role in in the growth of my newsletter for sure. Just Justin, hang on one second, I. Yeah, I just need to release your uh, your family from my basement now. Yeah, so we can continue. We've, we've got that out of the way. Brilliant. Okay, very good. Perfect. Thank you. God, thank you. Um, no, but for real, dude. Like I remember, I, I I joke with you. I give you a hard time on Twitter, but I, I remember showing up to a webinar, a Sparkloop webinar, really early on. Like less, I had less. I think I had like five hundred people on my newsletter. And I remember asking in like the chat, I was like, do you think Sparkloop is good for me? I have 500 subscribers. And you, I, you gave me some sort of like political answer, you know, or like very, very diplomatic answer around, well, you know, yeah, you might, you know, but you typically we recommend 5,000 as the minimum or what, I don't remember what you said, something like that. Right. And I was like, I'm going to prove him wrong. I'm going to sign up for ConvertKit Pro and get it, for, get it, get it included. And I'm going to, right. And so, but I, I very much was like, I feel like referrals is going to play a big role in my in my newsletter because of the content because of what I was doing I feel as though if I can provide something different to people not more right that's a big mistake I think a lot of people make with their referral engine is that they try to give people just like oh I'm going to give you more deals or something like that and and I was like you know what that I don't that's not right for me and so to just quickly back up the the structure of my referral program is as follows so I have four tiers and this has evolved a lot too, is that, so step one is I'm going to give you secret brand deal research that I do every single week that is very, very detailed. So basically the, 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 the point of this research is we, we basically take, uh, you know, when you're scrolling Instagram or you're listening to a podcast or whatever, you hear ad reads, people are doing sponsorships, right? It says, oh, paid partnership with whatever, right? And so our, our idea was, okay, we're going to reverse engineer these partnership. So clearly this brand is working with creators. They're paying creators to talk about them. Okay. So it's, they're a good target, right? Because they see the value in partnering with creators. So we're going to take this post, we're going to reverse engineer it. We're going to say, okay, who is the likely person at this brand? Who's, who's responsible for this collaboration? We go do the research on LinkedIn. We figure out their email address. Actually, this is something we share in the research. We, we share why we believe this person is the right because because there's a lot of like subtlety that you know comes to like understanding the different titles at brands. The social media manager is not the person that you want to be targeting, right? So so things like this, un- helping people understand this, giving pitching angles. Here's what you could say if you reach out, right? So it's like really really valuable stuff. And so this is another reason why I mentioned that I, I I've been paying someone to like help me with this because it's like very detailed. And so every single week, and so it so that's the first tier is if you refer at least one other creator to the newsletter, you will unlock this inline research. So the next email, if you unlock it, then the next Thursday email, there's like a new block of this research that you unlock basically. I love that. So I should have break down real quick on that because it has yeah. three components that I I see because I'm so boring. I get to look at thousands of these <laughs> all the time, right? I'm just looking at referral programs and different like newsletter growth stuff all day, every day for, for years now. And that has like three of like the main hallmarks of like what works really well that we've seen when we're looking at newsletter referral programs like that first reward it's one referral so it's super super attainable everybody thinks they can get that number two you have it in the newsletter itself right so you're scrolling through the email and you see oh there's something here that i could unlock right i'm missing out on something there's that fomo there's that exclusivity angle there and then number three it's actually something that's genuinely valuable not like 
a 5% coupon on something or I don't know, like a, a lead magnet that you give away for free anyway or something like that. It's actually something that people really want. So it's exclusive, there's urgency, there's FOMO. It's super easy to achieve. And it's something that people really want. Yeah, and and hundred percent. And and I'll, I'll also mention like that was it wasn't that way initially. I think I, it was like three that you had to do initially. And I think maybe maybe early on you were like reduce it to one. And I was like okay, right? Because I again I have no idea what I'm doing, dude. Like you know I, I'm like just trying to figure it out. And so that that's one lesson I would say here just about generally about the reward program is like what you pick initially may not be what you pick forever. And that's fine. You just kind of have to get started, right? And see what works. So so that's the first reward tier. The second one is you unlock, what is it? It's at five and you unlock a discount code to one of my courses. So that is a discount code. And then the tier above that is 25 referrals and you unlock a 30 minute one-on-one with me. And then uh, 200 referrals now or 100, I'm, I'm trying to remember if it's 100 or 200, sorry, I've changed it recently, um, to get free access to my Brand Deal Wizard program. And I have had quite a bit of quite a few people unlock that already. There, there's a couple of unique elements, I think, to my audience as well yeah. that makes it so that it's easy for people to refer. Is that my audience is influential. They are creators. And so if someone like I had literally one person share their Sparkloop referral code on their YouTube community tab and they got 250 referrals in like 24 hours, <laughs> right? So it's like nuts, right? It's like it, it can be. And so so I think also comes going back to first principles, like picking your customer segment, picking your audience of like who you're serving can sometimes play a role in the velocity of your referral program too. So that, that, that that's like another conversation, but. For sure. But it's, it's interesting there because I mean, on the one hand, like, yes, your audience is influential. They, if they want to promote something, they're very good at promoting it to, the, to a lot of the right people in the right way. Hopefully if, if you're teaching them the right stuff, right? They're very good at that. But at the same time, because they're, or partly because they're learning from you as well, they really understand the value of them sharing. So you, <laughs> you've got to give them something they really want and make mm-hmm. it compelling because they understand the value of a, a tweet or a, a YouTube shout out or something like that. So it's- That's a good, that's actually a really yeah. good point that the threshold, the BS meter threshold or the, you know, you have to tip them over to be like, hey, yeah, like it still is worth it for you. Even if you have, you know, 100,000 followers on Instagram or something, it's still worth it for you to post this on your stories or something like that, right? 100% agree. And so- that was for me, that referral program was a huge part of like my growth over the last like, you, you know, year for sure. However, I will say that some of the more recent product enhancements from Sparkloop has re- also really taken growth to another level, including Upscribe, as well as the paid, you know, the partner network. And so, you know, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know what those are. But just like those are like paid compensated programs that, you know, allow kind of just throw gasoline on on the fire in terms of growth. But but again, going back to the whole knowing your numbers type thing, I, I've been quite comfortable spending a pretty significant amount of money to be participate in some of these programs. Like I think I spent $5,000 last month on partner network campaigns. Like I'm actually paying other newsletter people for, for recommending me. You know, it just makes sense on the back end, like in the way in which I monetize, I have higher ticket stuff. And so I have the conviction to spend that amount of money because I know it's going to, it's going to translate. Yeah. I did a, a masterclass actually yesterday on how to, to grow to a million subscribers. And I went into it and I said, look, you're really not going to like this very much because you're going to want me to talk about tactics and like, oh, you should do referrals or you should do this or you should do that. And I'm like, that's important. But if you want to grow really, really quickly, there are really only two things that are super important on top of good content and consistency, obviously. There are only only two things that are important. Number one, how much money do you make per subscriber? 
And how can you get that number as high as possible? Because the higher that is, the more you can pay, right, for subscribers. Number two, how quickly upfront can you earn that money back? Because the quicker you earn it back, the more budget you have to invest mm. in new growth, basically, right? Mm. If you earn $10,000 per subscriber, but they don't pay you for three years, you have to have a lot of money in the bank to be able to grow that newsletter. Whereas if you make $10 per subscriber, but they pay you on day two, you can grow that newsletter really quickly. Well, you know, it's it's an interesting point, and I'm glad you brought it up because I, I should mention that one of the other reasons that I was able to not monetize the newsletter for the first, you know, good chunk of time was because my wife and I have this existing business on social media where we're making a lot of money in, in other ways. And so I was able to use that to fund this, what I always have looked at as kind of like a skunk works project, this creator wizard stuff. Right. And so I never, I, from the beginning, I was like, this is going to make a money eventually, probably, but not yet. Like I'm okay with that. If this is, I'm just kind of sinking it into this now. And I, I realize that not every newsletter operator or creator has that luxury, but what, it, what, what I will say is that if you're in your nine to five, don't wait to like grow the newsletter until you like quit your full-time job and like, okay, give my full effort to it. It's like, it makes much more sense to be able to like have another income to devote to or invest in this kind of night, you know, side hustle project and, and build it up and grow it. So, and then, and then, cause that's also always a really tricky ch transition is like, how do you, how do you grow something without trying to be too salesy upfront? Be like, Oh, buy my coaching or buy my course or buy my whatever, you know? So, so I understand that kind of model is not for everyone, but definitely food for thought. I want to talk about sponsorships in a second, but I want to take one quick look back at, you know, the newsletter now, it's growing with referrals, it's growing through word of mouth, it's growing through recommendations. Oh, paid and paid, paid Facebook ads that I'm trying, literally oh. just turned turn them on a couple of days ago. Awesome. So paid Facebook ads have started. Yep. We could talk about that too, because I'm, ex I'm excited about that, even though you told me to not do that, but I will, I will, I'll let you know. To be very clear, I think paid Facebook ads are great. The one caveat I have with Facebook ads is, you have to be a very careful at how you're funneling them in and assessing the quality because yep. it's super easy to get a lot of nonsense, a lot of junk. Mm -hmm. And B, you have to be pulling the revenue forward, right? So yes. I mean, we we love, we would like every newsletter to do Facebook ads if possible, mm -hmm. because they can pay two or three dollars per subscriber, maybe even less. And then they stick our upscribe widget on the, the sign up page and they recommend two other newsletters, they make $4 from that. Yep. They're growing for free, and we take a 20% commission, which obviously we love as well. As well. So I'll, I'll tell you, this is very, very small sample size already, okay. but I'm getting a blended a blended acquisition cost right now of a con conversions of like 90 cents right now. <laughs> 90 cents, okay, awesome. So, so I mean, that's, that's good. We don't know yet how many of those are going yeah, to- Yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, I, I am, I'm, I'm doing like quite a few different targeting types mm -hmm. in, in the different ad sets, you know, and again, we're going to, we'll see how it, how it nets out. But it's like, again, like I know if you're listening to this, you're thinking, oh, that seems so overwhelming. Like I, I all these different tactics and growth stuff and all this stuff. Like, I want to be very clear. Like I didn't start dabbling with this type of stuff until like two years into it. Right. So, so don't feel too overwhelmed if you're like, oh God, okay, I can't even do that. So, so, you know, it, it does take time to like develop all these different tactics, but I just wanted to mention that. <laughs> yeah. No, I like the way you've done it where you're adding, you're layering things on sort of one after, after the other, you know, you do one channel really well, figure out the playbook, either let it run automatically or outsource it to someone else to run and improve and then go into the, the next thing. Right. I, I think that's yeah. smart. Yeah. You're making me sound super smart, dude. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you came prepared with your own soundboard. Um, I mean, <laughs> I did, that is a really good point. All right, I am super smart. Yes, thank you. Have we got one? No. 
I was, I was waiting for a. Oh, sorry. Oh, there we go. Sorry, sorry, go. sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes, my bad. That was my opening. I failed. No worries, no worries. We're all good. Um, okay, cool. So, very quickly, you're looking back now, looking back at the growth of the newsletter. One thing, like the major thing that you would change if you were to go and do it again. For me in particular, it would be getting rid of lead magnets. Getting rid of lead magnets. Okay. Getting rid of lead magnets because that was a red herring. I spent so much time trying to dial those in. This is not for everyone, I understand, but it, it is for people who wear the future promise of content is the most compelling thing, incentivizing people to sign up, not the high sugar content P downloadable, not the checklist or not the whatever, because I, I, I fundamentally felt as though the reason that I'm going to be able to continue to provide value to these people is what I'm sending them every week. Right. And if the reason I feel like I'm going to have a much longer relationship with these subscribers, if that's the promise I made at the outset is like, hey, I'm not going to send you any downloadable checklist, PDF, whatever. I'm going to send you paid sponsorships every week. That's the expectation that I'm setting up with these people on the landing page. That's the test. I have a testimonial on there. Like I'm getting these every week. It's awesome. This type of thing. And so for me, I wish I would have had that realization, that epiphany sooner. I know I realize that's not for everyone just structurally in terms of the content of their newsletter. But for me, that was the biggest change. Amazing. Interesting. Yeah. It's, it's funny you mentioned that the very, very first podcast episode we did of the podcast was with Jenny from, from Morning Brew, who was head of growth at Morning Brew at the time. And she said the same thing. She said for Morning Brew, tried every kind of lead magnet you can imagine. Didn't work. People didn't want a lead magnet from a daily news company. They wanted daily news. So Definitely, I think there are situations where if the value is obvious and it's inherent in like the promise of the future value that will come with the newsletter, then a lead magnet is going to be a distraction. It's going to be mm. the wrong thing, right? But then, of course, there are also people who have newsletters where they really want something specific now and they're going to be grateful to continue to receive information, advice, news in the future, but that's mm -hmm. not really what they want to give you their email address for. hundred percent fair. And, and you know what, you know, if I extrapolate that and, and if I have any sort of result like morning brew, then I'm, I'm happy with that analogy or that comparison. So thank you. Very good. Yeah. Let's, let's hope we can, we can bring you back on in, <laughs> in two years and see how that's gone. I think there might not be enough creators to, to reach or maybe, maybe in the future, maybe creators are growing so quickly. That oh, come on. Are you kidding me? This is, we're in the second <laughs> inning of the creator economy, bro. Come on. Don't, don't put a okay, ceiling okay. on it like that. Let's, well, the challenge has been made. Go for it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> wow. Okay. Now the next two years is going to be proving you wrong. You you gave me that like that doubt two years ago about joining Sparkloop, and now you're just continuing to fuel my fire. I see. Okay. I guess yes, this is our primary sales strategy is making. So it, it, yeah, works works super well for us. Yeah. Awesome. So we don't have that much longer left. Something I do want to hit on is because. We have people come on and talk about newsletter sponsorships specifically quite often on the podcast because it's a really interesting topic and it's something that, that creators and newsletter operators really care about. And we've had some really good experts on. Not me, though. No, not yet. No. I now mean, but yeah, proceed. Go, go <laughs> you are contractually obliged to stay for another 11 minutes and answer questions. So, uh, yeah, don't worry. No, but the thing is, I mean, you are the person who we've had on the podcast so far and probably the person just in general 
that I know at least, who has the most experience across a broader range of creators who are monetizing via ads and via sponsorships and, and pr- promotions and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I guess that the main question that I want to jump into, and then maybe we can follow on from there is you've seen how newsletters run sponsorships. You've seen how YouTubers and Instagram influencers and TikTokers and whoever knows what runs sponsorships. What would you say is like the main thing that a pure newsletter operator, a pure newsletter creator can learn from someone who is primarily doing sponsorships on a different platform? It's a good, it's actually a really good question. And I think one of the biggest insights that you can learn from, I guess, social media creators is not looking at your open ad slots as commoditized inventory. I think okay. that that's a, that's a really tricky concept for a lot of folks to understand, especially if you're uh, come from kind of an owned platform world, whether it's podcasts or newsletters or whatever, it's like, Hey, visit, you know, creator.com slash, you know, sponsor. And you can just literally book a slot. You can have 200 bucks, right? Fine. You can just, you know, book a slot of my newsletter for this date or whatever. And while that does have a convenience factor, right, where you don't have to like, you know, you get your ad slots filled and everyone's hunky dory, you are leaving a massive amount of money on the table with that approach. Yeah, because I, I, my, this isn't working in my brain. Something, so, <laughs> but that's an ad slot. So that's two hundred dollars there, five hundred for mid roll, hundred at the top, two hundred at the bottom. Okay, ex- explain the better way of doing this. So the better way of doing it is to ask the brand what their goals are. How okay. do you know whether this company won't pay you fifty k to be your title sponsor for the for the next quarter? And you don't have to worry about working with anyone else. You have a call, you get on a Zoom call with them and they say, you know what? We have identified that you are a huge voice in this niche amongst software programmers who do XYZ, whatever your niche newsletter is, right? We are a SaaS tool that you're like, your audience is like exactly who we're trying to talk to. And you say, hey, what's your goal? And they say, you know what? Brand awareness. Like that, we're trying to get our name out there. We're launching a new feature. We're launching a new XYZ, whatever. This is like a really important initiative for us. That's what they tell you. And you say, oh, well, great news. I have a title sponsor slot open for 50K. Like, do you want it? Versus if you never had that conversation, if you never gave them an opening to have a call with you or to even act interested in the outcome of this partnership, then you would have never had that information. I do want to real quickly talk. This is like a very, very important concept, which is, when you ask a brand what their goal is, what what success would look like for a partnership, they're they're literally a hundred percent of the time going to tell you one of three things. Okay, the first one is hey, they're going to say, "Hey, this is a conversion focused campaign. We're trying to drive a measurable action: downloads on our app, clicks on this link, you know, trials of our software, like whatever. It's something measurable, right?" The second type of campaign goal type is a repurposing campaign, meaning that the reason that they want to partner with you is so that you can generate content for them that they can reutilize in other ways. Guess put it on their blog, use it for paid advertising, run it on, you know, as a paid ad on Facebook or Instagram, like whatever it is, right? They, 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 they love your content and they want to use your name and likeness to generate content that they can utilize. Okay. 
And the last goal type is like we just mentioned, brand awareness. They just want to get the name out there. They're launching. They're huge in UK and now they're launching in North America and they want to, you know, make a big splash, right? That That's the type of campaign. And the reason it's so important that you get this information from the brand is that your pricing has to change. You cannot be charging them the same amount for each of these different goals because the reason, let me explain why, is that for a conversion campaign, that person that you're interacting with their boss is breathing down their neck saying, you cannot pay Justin more than $1,000 for this partnership. If, you know, let's say he has 10,000 people on his newsletter, we're guessing there's 5% of those people are going to click the link of the 5%. This many people are going to try sign up for the trial sign up and our acquisition metric, our CPA per trial, you know, that'll eventually turn into a paid thing is XYZ, right? It's simple. It's math. We cannot yeah. pay Justin more than that. Right. And so creators oftentimes get very frustrated with these types of campaigns because they're trying to negotiate and the brand's like, sorry, like we can't pay you any more than this because this is the this is the napkin math and we can't we cannot budge. Right. Contrast that with a brand awareness campaign where they're saying, oh, we, you know what? Like, we're not looking at conversions. We're looking at just like being advocates grassroots support of this community. And so your leverage to negotiate is so much higher than it is in a conversion. And then also going back to this kind of repurposing example is your ability to drive results for them or drive opens on your or clicks or whatever is completely irrelevant. They don't care how many people are on your newsletter. They don't care how many followers you have because the reason that they want to partner with you is because you're an established figure in your industry and they want to tap into your expertise to great, make some great content and use it in these other ways. Right. And so again, you also, by the way, which is really interesting is that your pitches should change now. If they say, oh, repurposing is our goal. You say, oh, you know what? Now that you told me that actually like doing newsletter blasts in my newsletter, I don't think is actually the best utilization of your budget. I actually think I should do some webinars with you. I should do some un unique guest posts on your blog. I should do X, Y, Z. Oh, by the way, it's going to be 10 grand. Because you told me what you're trying to accomplish and these other things that I'm proposing to you are actually going to move the needle for you more effectively. So, so I, I know that this is like maybe blowing some people's minds right now, but like I have this saying, like, you're not just a creator, you are a consultant. You have to listen to what the brands are telling you and propose something that is a direct response. And that is how you're going to unlock these really large budgets. I love that. I, I really love that. So in that situation, in that case, then you shouldn't have prices publicly available. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to see what the price is. Basically. Delete your pricing page from your media kit immediately. That's what I, that's what I always say. Uh, you should not have a pricing page on a website where you allow people to use Stripe and book stuff. No, it's always, let's get on a call. And you know what? If you are someone who is just like, you know what? I don't have time for that. Like I'm, I'm trying to get my newsletter out every week. It's a big lift. I'm doing all this stuff. Like I don't have time to have all these conversations with brands. If I told you that you could be making five to 10 X the amount if you did this, would you change your mind? Because I bet you would. And this is not an understatement, okay? Because the other the other really important concept to understand is that when you reach out and try and pitch a brand like, oh, sponsor my newsletter, I've got all your ideal customers in my audience, like blah, blah, blah. Delete, they don't know you. They don't care about your content. They don't, they literally have never heard of you in their life. Delete, okay? The, the fundamental shift that you have to have when you're reaching out is, hey, brand, I did a little bit of research into the campaigns you're running the stuff you're posting in your press releases, it seems like you're trying to target this type of customer segment. I believe that I can help you accomplish that by sponsoring my newsletter. It's cause and effect. It's a, it's basically the same, like, you know, deliverables, but it's a complete reframing of how you're actually providing value to them. And guess, guess what? They have budgets to solve their own problems. They don't have budgets to pay random people who reach out.
I love that. I love that. I guess it's not what I was expecting, but it makes a lot of sense. I don't know if everyone's going to love it. I don't know if everyone's going to take it on, Look, but I would, I hope people do. I understand this is not for everyone and that's okay. What, what my coaching, what my content, the whole, the whole purpose of it is to, to help you understand that there is a different path. There is you, you, you are, if you are someone who is comfortable or is willing to learn and invest in your education and understand how to have these conversations, how to get smarter about, especially if sponsorships is a major part of your revenue. You look at any research out there for a lot of creators, also newsletter authors, sponsorships tends to be the one of the largest buckets, right? Yeah. Of, of the way in which people derive income. So you better invest in your education, get smarter about how to negotiate, get smarter about how to have these conversations and help brands win. Like, in my opinion, like it makes a lot of sense, but yes, I understand it's not for everyone and that's okay. Like I, you know, different strokes. I mean, I love it. And I think there's, there's, there's no harm to trying it once or twice, right? There's literally no downside to, to give yeah, it. You can go, always so. go back to the other model. You shouldn't, but you can always go back to the other model. <laughs> you can do, you shouldn't, but you can. Okay. Awesome. So Justin, where can people go and find out more about this kind of stuff? These kind of tips, where can they, they find you online and, and join up and, and hear? All right. Well, as any good newsletter operator, you got to go to the newsletter. It's creatorwizard.com slash join. It's completely free. And also I will do a shameless plug, which is that I recently launched a brand new podcast, which I think each and every one of you who is listening will actually probably really enjoy. It's called Creator Debates. And every episode is basically pits two high profile creators against each other to debate a hotly contested topic in the creator economy. So you've got video versus non-video podcasts, or you've got hustle culture versus life design, or you've got Twitter versus Instagram for business growth. So it's going to be a lot of fun. There's countdown timers. There's freaking buzzers if you go over your time. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really fun. I didn't want to make a talking head podcast. Like, no offense, obviously. This is this was a lot of fun. But I wanted something kind of irreverent and stupid and silly and, and fun. And so, yeah, you can just uh, go just search at Creator Debates on YouTube and your favorite podcast player. Oh, now I feel bad. I, I don't even have a buzzer. Never mind. Uh, I, I, know, I, catch you I was not subtweeting you. I promise. <laughs> Very good. I mean, I'm really excited for it. Genuinely. I mean, the, the one I'm most excited for, I hope I'm allowed to share is the paid versus the free newsletter one. I know you have two yes. amazing people coming. Oh, I've got that. some heavy yeah. hitters on that one. Yeah, it's 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 going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited for that conversation. Awesome. Well, I'm going to put those links in the in the show notes, of course, so people can go and find them. Justin, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk about this stuff. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, dude. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Send and Grow podcast. If you liked what you heard, here are three quick ways that you can show your support. Number one, leave us a five-star rating or review in the podcast app of your choice. Number two, email or DM me with some feedback with your questions or with suggestions for future episodes. And finally, number three, share your favorite quote from the episode on social media and tag both me and our guest. All of the links for that are available in the show notes. And whatever option you choose, I am really grateful for your support. Thanks and see you next week.